Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. We're going to continue this morning and I'm going to conclude on what is your calling? What is your calling? Look at your neighbor and ask them, what is your calling? See, each of us have a calling and a purpose. Did you know that? Each of us have a calling and a purpose. The last couple of weeks, we talked about how we read the scripture here, Jeremiah 29, 11, which declares that God has given us a plan. He has a plan and a purpose to prosper each of you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future, the Bible says. And each of you have been given unique talents. Again, look at your neighbor and tell him, I have unique talents. Because you know why? That I believe with all my heart that not only has God given you talents or a gift, but He's given you something that nobody else in the whole world can do other than you. You are the only person that can do what God has given you, the talent. And so this morning, uh, I want to talk to you about how sometimes we can run from that calling, ignore that calling, choose to come up with all sorts of excuses for that calling. Amen? So at the outset, I want to ask you, do you know the gift or the calling God has given you this morning? And you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to be thinking about that because as believers, we've all been gifted. God has gifted you with something unique. He's gifted you with a a gift, a purpose for your life. Amen. How many have found that to be true? You know that, right? Uh, and, and so, again, what I want to do here through this series is help you to identify that because here's what I wrote down. Our calling equals opportunity in life. And opportunity in life equals fulfillment of life. I'll tell you what the worst thing in the world is, is to live your life with no passion, no purpose, no fulfillment, right? No fulfillment. And we all know people like that. Maybe that was you years ago. Maybe that was you last week. That was me certainly years ago. No purpose, no fulfillment. I mentioned it was just weekend to weekend, you know, just the next high, you know, the next whatever. But there's no fulfillment in that. Absolutely none. And it's not until you discover that God has a plan for you. The very first week we started off, we said that, we have to turn to the manual, right? It, it takes a manual to understand how something works. And then I mentioned that I had a friend in high school, and I'd say, manual, how does that work? But that's a different story there. And then last, last week, we discovered that we were created to worship. That's our number one gift. All of you can worship. You may not have the best voice. You may not have that Luther Vandross voice, you know. <laughs> The way I like to, I, I would love to sing like Luther Vandross, okay? Who wouldn't, right, Brother Martin? Or to sing like Brother Martin, you know? I can't sing like that. I sing in the shower, that's where I stop. I, you know, I don't come up here and sing. I know my gifts and I know what I don't have, amen? But all of us were created to worship. You can worship God, every single one of you, from the youngest to the oldest. And at the same time, Beyond that, he's given us a calling for our life. And I really believe that all of us here, we're really ministers. Every one of you minister in some way. Uh, Have you ever ministered to somebody at your workplace that's hurting? 
Have you ever consoled somebody? Guess what that is? That's ministry. Just because you, you, you may think, well, that's a pastor. No, no. Ministry is meeting a need, whatever that need might be in your life, those around you. So, again, those are callings, gifts that God gives us. Amen? So, again, the question this morning is, how are you developing the gifts God has given you? How are you doing that? Are you doing that? And how many this morning do what I do every year? You start reading from the beginning of the Bible or do a one-year reading plan. Raise your hand if you do that. So... If some of you have done that, maybe you just recently read, like I did, the story of Moses, how he leads the people out of Egypt in this particular reading plan that I'm following. Um, and by the way, I challenge you to do it. It's not too late. Just because January 28th already, you've missed 27 days, you can start today and you can read the Bible in one year. Follow the reading plan. I do odb.org ourdailybread.org and every day it's a devotion and then Bible reading and if I follow that every day I read the whole Bible in one year and I've done that dozens of times it's very easy to do amen yeah. amen I didn't hear you amen amen because it's very easy so again I, I just finished reading about the story of Moses but do you remember the story of Moses when when God called him I'm not going to say that joke, Bianca, <laughs> the one I told you about. But do you remember when, when God initially called Moses? He, he appeared to him in a burning bush, and then, and then he began to speak to him, and, and then he began to tell him what he was going to do, what he was tasking him with. And do you remember what Moses' initial reaction was? It was like, who, me? I, I, I can't even speak. I'm... I'm, I don't have eloquent speech. In fact, the Bible says he was a, a stutterer. He had problems with his speech. It didn't matter. It didn't matter to God. He claimed to lack authority. Moses did. He claimed to lack, or he lacked self-confidence in himself as a, as a leader. He lacked credibility and acceptance in the eyes of other people. They would come up to him and say, well, who are you, Moses? They, they didn't know him from anybody. So right away, he threw those excuses at God as to why he couldn't fulfill leading the uh, Israelites out of Egypt. Have you ever done that with God? Have you ever felt that God is asking you to do something and you're going, Lord, me? Of all people, me? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're calling, maybe you know what it is. And, and maybe now in your life, you're thinking to yourself, Man, I, I never thought I would be where I'm at right now, doing what I'm doing. I know that's the, the case for me. I never in a million years would have thought I'd be up here speaking to you on a Sunday morning, being your pastor at this church. And some of you have come to that same place in your life where you, you, God has led you and you followed him because you've been obedient. Amen? And, and, you know, sometimes like Moses, he was well past 40 years of age here, well past that age. And it took him many years to understand his true calling. It's never, ever too late. Say that with me. It's never too late. Never too late. Amen. If we're not careful, we begin to use excuses for why God can't use us rather than trusting God. If you're, if you're not careful, you'll begin to use excuses as to why you can't do the things that God has put in your heart. See, God starts in the heart. He places things in your heart. They're birthed in your heart. And then they become, they, they come to fruition. Amen? Remember this here, and you've heard this before many times, I'm sure. God doesn't call the qualified. 
He qualifies the called. How many have heard that? He doesn't call the qualified. Otherwise, none of us would be here. Pastor Rick wouldn't be here. He qualifies the called. Amen? That goes for every one of us. So this morning, I want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. And I'm reading out of the NIV. It's on your outline as well as behind me. We make it really easy here to follow along. 2 Timothy and... I want you to stand with me this morning as we read this uh, sermon text. Verses 6 and 7 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave, uh, gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a calling, a purpose in our life. And I pray today that we would uh, continue to know without a doubt what that is, that we may walk in obedience to what you've called us to do. And I pray that for every person here, from the youngest to the oldest, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to know that God has given us a calling? God is has a plan. And it's all found in the manual here. In the manual. It's found here. If, if, if you're not studying this, you'll never discover what your true calling is. And I, I can't encourage you enough. This right here. I mean, even in, in, uh, in Bible camps, in summer vacation Bible schools, they teach you the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Right here. It's right here, the B-I-B-L-E. Uh, you like that? Yes, I, I like that too when my daughters told me that. Dad, you know what the B-I-B-L-E stands for? I go, no. Because I didn't, I didn't get raised going to, to youth camps and kids camps and all that. But they did, thank God. Amen? So, so this text I just read, this is concerning when Timothy began following Paul on his missionary journey. Timothy was a young man who was fearful. He really didn't know what his calling was. He just was trying to be obedient. And here what Paul was saying is, fan into flame that gift that God gave you. In other words, encourage it. Have you ever started a fire in your fireplace? And you got to fan it at first. You got to have some air going in there, some oxygen. They used to have this thing called bellows right a bellow and 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 it pumps air into there and all of a sudden you get a little spark and it ignites right and then you got a flame that's the same thing you got to do with your gift so paul here is encouraging him flame the gift of god which is on you for the spirit of god does not give us a a, a timid timidity or a spirit of timidity but gives us power love and self-discipline and again those are the excuses that moses used Oh, who am I? I can't do that. I can't speak to Pharaoh, the greatest and most powerful person on the planet Earth. You want me to talk to him and I stutter? Yes, God qualifies the called. He doesn't only call the qualified, amen? So again, as, as Timothy is learning this, he begins to become one of the greatest of the disciples after, after the, the life of Christ. He was one person that, that Paul could count on. And we're going to read a scripture later about that. Point number one in your outline. If you're going to fulfill your calling, you must develop the gifts God gave you. Again, tell your neighbor, God has given you a gift. Yes. 
Look at them and tell them, God has given you a gift. They don't believe you, huh? Tell them again, God has given you a gift. Because right away we try to deflect that. It's like, but Pastor Ray, you don't know me. You don't know my background. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how hurting I am. And, and we think that God can't use you. No, you're wrong. God has gifted each of you. He's given you a purpose and a calling. Amen? And again, let me read another couple of scriptures to you. Found in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. And then I'm going to skip down to verses 14 and 15 as well. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 says this. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but be an example for the believers in your speech, your conduct, your love, faith, and purity. Do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. Practice these things and devote yourselves to them in order that your progress may be seen by all. Amen. Paul was encouraging Timothy to flame that gift of God, which is in him. Amen. We as believers, we have to have we have a responsibility to develop the talents and gifts that we have inside of us. You as parents have the ultimate responsibility of developing the gifts that your children begin to, to show. You know, when you when you have little kids, you know that some are are good at baseball. And then there's that other child that's not good at baseball. That's okay. She might be good at playing music at an instrument. This one may be terrible at playing music at an instrument. So you got to encourage that gift. You got to fan that flame so that they would grow and use that gift. Amen? Amen. Each of us, again, the same way, in the same manner, have been given a gift, and we need to encourage ourselves through the reading of His Word, and then when, when that, what begins to happen is people will begin to come up to you and say, Hey, Ivy, you led a great Bible study. That's a great, that was awesome. That was wonderful. And then before you know it, she, who's been leading our study, begins to realize, I really enjoy this. I, I, I feel and experience God's blessing in my life. I get to see how I'm drawing closer to Him because I'm preparing for this. I'm studying a topic. And do you see how... The gift just encourages you and draws you closer to Him. Amen? Amen? We have to encourage ourselves to develop those gifts. Many years ago, I'll digress here and tell you a quick story. Many years ago, before I was a believer, before I had ever met Anna, I was in my 20s and um, I was at a pool hall. Okay, how many know it was going to go bad? I was at a pool hall. <laughs> and so we were with some friends and... Um, so this one friend of mine got, was angry. He was wanting to kill somebody. He was, I mean, wanted to fight him. And he was, going, he was out of control, screaming, cursing, yelling. Everybody's been drinking and so forth. And so I remember coming up to him because uh, he was out of control. And we were all trying to control him. So I remember grabbing him in a bear hug like that. And we, and we started to calm him down. I began to speak to him. Hey, I won't say his name. Calm yourself down. Leave it alone. Let it go. And, and after about 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of doing this, he finally began to calm down because he was just raging. He wanted to put the hurt on somebody. And we didn't want that because the cops were coming. People were calling the cops. And so he finally calmed down. And as we were leaving, I'll never forget, this one female friend of his came up to me and said, Hey, you know what? 
that was awesome how you spoke to him. Have you ever thought of being a counselor? <laughs> that thought had never crossed my mind, right? But what I didn't realize at that time was God had gifted me with words to speak out of somewhere where I didn't know I had those words, and it helped that person who was raging calm down. And I didn't realize it then, but God had already given me that gift to be used later down the road. Amen? This was way before I ever even thought of being a believer. And in the same way, God has gifted each of you with a gift. You may not know of it today. You may not be cognizant that you have that gift. But there, are, there will be times, and I promise you, that that gift will stand out. And you're going to be going, wow, where'd that come from? Right? And that's a gift that God has given you. That's a calling that God's given you. So I remember that made a big impact on my life because I always remember that, that comment, how I was able to calm him down. I was being calm in calming him down. How many know that's what it takes? You have to be calm to calm somebody else down. Amen? But again, having said that, we could be just like Moses and, and come up with all these excuses. Uh, I could have said at that moment during that argument, oh, it's not worth it. Let's just, let's just let this guy put the hurt on him. He deserved it. But no, I just sensed something in me that I need to go over there and talk to him. I need to calm him down. And we were able to do that. Amen. So again, the question this morning for each of you is, are you going to trust God with every facet of your life, with the gifts, the calling, the purpose that he's given you, or are you going to make an excuse and run away from it? Are you going to choose? Which side are you going to choose on? Amen? Or, or do you live your life by ignoring the calling? God forbid that we should ignore his calling. Amen? God has given you a calling to be lived out, to, to pr- perform ministry on a day-to-day level. Uh, there's so many, so many needs out there. And again, it doesn't have to be a, a speaker from here. It doesn't have to be somebody leading Bible studies. There are so many gifts, so many callings. There are prayer warriors, intercessors. There are helps, the gift of helps. There are so many things that you and I can do that don't involve speaking. You know, Moses was so afraid of that and fearful of that. And so the Lord gave him his brother, Aaron. He will speak for you. And, and then the Lord told Moses, don't worry about what you shall say. I'll speak for you. I'll give you the words to speak. So I can only imagine Moses was a stutter. And as he came up to Pharaoh, all of a sudden words began to flow through him. And Moses became amazed at what used to be a stutter. Now words of wisdom were coming out. Words of authority were coming out of his lips where before it would never happen. Because he was obedient to his calling. That's all it takes. The Lord is just looking for obedience. That's all he needs. Amen? Point number two on your outline. If you're going to fulfill your calling, you must refuse to be distracted. Distracted. I always think of my dog, Max. We have a boxer dog. And we could be doing anything with Max. Throwing the ball. And he'll go get the ball. He'll sit. He'll stand. he'll, He'll shake your hand. And, but the minute he sees a squirrel, 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 he gets distracted, right? Uh, if he sees anybody eating food, 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 you know, he thinks you're going to feed him some food. He gets distracted right away. And we can become that way as well. We're, we're pursuing God. We're, we're beginning to read the Word of God at the beginning of the year. We're, we're saying, this is the year I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. This is the year I'm going to pray 
I'm going to establish a prayer life. I'm going to pray for my children, my spouse, my work, this and that. And then we begin to become distracted. We live in a generation where distractions are all around us. Uh, I, I mean, social media is a great example of that. But we get distracted when we're trying to build our our home, our dream home, our, our business, our, our personal life, um, our marriage, our relationships. We get distracted by other things that are less important. Amen? Have you ever, have you ever started with just reading a post on social media, say Facebook, and then all of a sudden that leads to this conversation, that leads to a comment that someone said, which leads to their page, and before you know it, you're going an hour and a half later, how did I end up over here when I started over here and you're going that's a distraction we get distracted social media is a great tool but far too many people get distracted by it they waste their time I always think of that when I watch TV I I don't watch a lot of TV Uh, I like to watch an occasional you know sports game and all that Super Bowl come on to my house three o'clock that Sunday but um, every time I watch something I always think in the back of my head well, there's two hours I can never get back, especially if it was a bad movie or something. There is an hour and a half I can never get back because I'm trying to think and use my time in a more valuable way. Amen? And, and so all of us can get distracted, especially young people nowadays with all the video games they have. And those video games are awesome. They didn't have that when I was a kid. They had doop, pong, doop. I don't remember that, the original Pong. My brother and I remember that. But, uh, yeah, Atari, right? And, and, and they have all these beautiful, wonderful graphics now and games that are out, out of this world. And I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I'm not a kid because I'd have become so addicted to that. I'd have become so distracted to that. All of us, in addition, have our smartphones. Those smartphones can do anything in the world. They're a computer, they're, they're a computer in your hand with potential, but be careful with that potential because it can also become so distracting to the task at hand. Amen? Amen. So help us to, to be cognizant of that. Let me challenge you with this. Focus on those important things. So is your face in Facebook or is your face in the book? Amen? Is your face in Facebook all the time or is it in the book? Amen? That's what a, a good reminder to plant in your mind is. Because we always have to remember, remember the devil is a liar. Amen. The devil is a liar and will use any device, including your job, your family, relatives, to distract you from your calling. Right. Amen. Yeah. Your calling is the greatest gift God has given you. But there will be circumstances that will be brought to you by your enemy to distract you. We had um, last night... It was just myself and Bianca as we're worshiping, or she's practicing in the house. She had the keyboard set up, the speakers, and she's practicing in the house. And to me, I was just thanking God. She didn't know this, but I was in the other room praying and just thanking God because I could hear my daughter worshiping. And that's a beautiful thing. How many know that? When you hear your family, your daughter, your son singing like that. So she's praying and uh, playing, and then uh, she finishes and right after she finished, she felt attacked by the enemy. And so I prayed for her and I said, do you notice how that works? 
When you're over here worshiping God, when you're over here exalting him, giving him your all, the enemy doesn't want you to have that. The enemy wants to cut your legs off from underneath you and bring you back down. So we prayed and, and, and we recognize that the enemy will do anything in his power to steal that joy from you. Amen. And she's still at a young age learning all that. And, and you and I... Um, need to understand that as well, that those mountaintop experiences, the devil is right there wanting to steal that joy. Amen? Amen. Be cognizant of that as well. Amen. Amen. Our point number three and the last point this morning is, if you're going to fulfill your calling, you must give God your very best. Give God your very best. How many think God deserves your very best? Amen. That's all of us here this morning. He doesn't deserve... 10%. 10%. He doesn't deserve 20%, 50%. He de- deserves 100% of you. When, when you. when you took on your spouse, if, you, if you're married or have been married, when you married them, did you say, ah, I'll give it a good shot. I'll give you 50%. No, of course not. That, that'd be silly. You said in your spirit, in your mind, and with words, I'll give you 100%. I'll give you 100%. In the same fashion, God wants you to give him 100% of your being. Amen? He wants you to give him 100%. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, Run your best in the race of faith and win eternal life for yourself. For it was to this life that God called you. Let me read that first part again. Run your best. Everybody say best. Best. That means mejor in Spanish. Lo mejor, the best, the best you can be. Don't settle for half best. Don't settle for anything less than your best. Example, another quick story. When I was in high school, I was running track. And I remember I wouldn't put all the work I should have put into high school into track because I was more interested in hanging out with my friend Manuel and going out to this and that. But I I was fast. I was naturally fast. I was a sprinter. And so one day my coach came up to me, Mr. Wolf, and he put his arm around my shoulder and he's walking. He's trying to encourage me, right? Because I didn't get it at that time. And then he goes, see that guy over there? And he pointed to a classmate of mine, uh, Dave. I'll just use his first name, Dave. And he goes, he works out so hard every day. He works out extremely hard, but he'll never be as fast as you. You have natural talent, and if you can develop that and work at it, you can become very, very good. And I never forgot that to this day. Did it help me at that time? No, I was just a rebellious teenager at that time. And, but I got his point. It always stuck with me that we have to give our best every single time. And, and I kind of kicked myself because... Uh, Yeah, I was fast. I did win some races, but I could have been so much better if I had only applied myself when I was younger. And it's not too late. It's still not too late for myself or anybody here. You can still begin to apply yourself. Do your very best. Amen? Paul says about Timothy, Paul said these words in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 20. I have no one else like Timothy. I have no one else like Timothy. I don't have that scripture up, but... I have no one else. That is the greatest compliment you could ever receive. If somebody else said, I have nobody else. Wayne, I can count on you. There's nobody like Wayne. That's the greatest compliment I could give you. 
Uh, it's better than Wayne's a handsome man. Wayne, Wayne's a good-looking man. It's better than any of that. It's, I can count on Wayne. Right, Wayne? That's an extreme compliment. Timothy said the same thing about Paul, or excuse me, Paul said the same thing about Timothy. I have no one else like Timothy. There's no greater compliment. And one of the things you have to understand, and I said at the outset, your gifting, your calling is unique. God gave you something special that nobody else can do. Nobody else. Wayne can do something extremely well because God's given them, given him that gift. God has given each of you a gift and only you can do that. Nobody else can. Somebody can do it like you. Somebody can do it kind of like you, similar to you. But nobody can do your gift like you can. You're unique. That's why the Bible says we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us in His image. Amen? There's no greater compliment than to say, I have no one else like Timothy. That there's no one in the world like Wayne like my brother Reuben, like each of you here today. There's no one like you. He was focused, Timothy was. He was committed to the call of God on his life. Nothing could distract him or discourage him. And that's what makes a person successful in fulfilling the calling of their life. That you will not settle for half best or become discouraged and live that way. Amen? Because how many know we'll all become discouraged, but you won't settle for that and that won't become your lifestyle. That you'll pick yourself up and you'll say, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen? I can keep going forward. Amen? So as you follow God's calling, God will bring out the best of that calling in you. You will become amazed as you begin to become obedient to what God's placed in your heart. And you'll begin to go, man, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could... Speak into that person's life like that. Give that person words of life. Speak into him or her. And, and you begin to watch how God uses you and ministers through you. Amen? God will bring the best out in you. It's up to us to learn to trust him. So again, at the outset, again, I said our calling equals opportunity in life. Opportunity in life. Don't miss that. That is what brings fulfillment. If you're living a life today and, you, and you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, my life is not fulfilled. It's, it's still empty. It's not where it should be. It's not where I want it to be. It's not too late. I want to remind you today that God still loves you. He has a plan for you. He's gifted you with amazing purpose and calling. Amen. And he wants you to develop that gift he wants you to fellowship with believers. He wants you to get in his word. He wants you to read his word, to pray, to begin your day and say, Lord, I begin this day before anything else happens today. I begin it by setting the tone. Lord, I pray for wisdom today. I pray for, for your guiding hand today. I pray for a hedge of protection and begin to set the tone for your day. When you begin to do those things, you watch God's gifting work through your life. Amen. In what ways, and, I, and I'm challenging you this as part of your homework here, but in what ways can you minimize distractions from keeping your gift down, from keeping your calling, from, from rising up to the top? What way, and only you can answer that, what are those distractions that are bringing you down or taking you off point where you should be? 
Every, every one of you need to address that for your own lives. Because all of us have distractions. All of us do. Amen? And then finally, are you giving your best effort to ministry and your calling? Again, I truly believe with all my heart, every one of you are ministers. You minister. You may not be the pastor of the church, but you are ministers. Uh, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 1a, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. You as a witness are a minister. You minister the word of God when you share it. You minister the word of God when you pray over people. You're ministering. Amen. And God has gifted you with that. But are you giving your best effort? Or are you just, nah, that's not my job. That's Pastor Rick's job. You, you know, and I'm here for you. Okay. I'm here for you for anything you ever need. You know that. But each of you should be giving your absolute best. How many agree with that? How many, how many received that this morning? Amen? amen. That you will do your best, amen, in your gifting and your calling. This morning as I have the worship team come up again, and they're going to close out. We're going to sing one last song, and we're going to close out. But I, I want to remind you of those quick, three quick points again. If you're going to fulfill your calling, you must develop the gifts God gave you, number one. Number two, if you're going to fulfill your calling, you must refuse to be distracted, and then number three, if you're going to fulfill your calling, you, miss, you must give God your very best. God deals in excellence. Amen? God deals in excellence. Everything you do, do it with excellence. Um, maybe I'm, I'm too picky, but that's how I roll. <laughs> that's how I like to do things. Uh, I want to be able to just do everything on my part with excellence because I don't want, ever want to have any one of you, but more importantly, God Almighty say, you failed, you fell short. I want to do my best, amen? I want to do it with excellence, and I would encourage every one of you, whatever gifting you have, whatever calling you have in your life, do it with everything you have. We have this one life, and it's a very short life. Are you understanding? This is a very short life. And it goes by so quick. Do it with all you can. Do it with gusto, right? As they used to say, do it with, with everything you have within you. God will be your strength. God will give you wisdom, just like he gave wisdom to Moses, like he gave wisdom to Paul and Timothy, like he's given wisdom to every one of us here. God will give you that wisdom, amen, and the strength.